Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. This is Journeys with Jen. I'm Jennifer Griego. Today, I am here with my cousin, Tommy. Uh, he was a sergeant in the Marine Corps. Um, Does he have a last name at all? Oh yeah, Tommy Lusk, sorry. Uh, my cousin Tommy Lusk. Um, David, my brother, is also here with me. Hello. My mom decided to jump in five seconds ago. Hi guys. So glad you're here, honey. Thanks for beautifying the place. You're welcome. And my father is here as well. And he was already practicing with the movie line, so it stays me very entertaining. All I know is this. Now, you know, I ain't punchy. I got what you call, like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. But I ain't punchy, you know. It's just the way I talk here. <laughs> the oh infamous gosh. Rocky. Talking about boy. Oh, my Lord. All right. Well, Tommy, um, like I said, he was a sergeant in the Marine Corps. He just got back from Afghanistan a couple months ago. He was there for a year. Um, how long were you in the Marines? Five years. Awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I want to talk about that today, but I also wanted, before we get into that, to talk about um, the pranks that Tommy's pulled, because I know I hear um, stories from you and from your family about them, and um, as David is a lot of kind of the one being pranked, I hear from him as well. Mm. So if you can think of any good pranks that you've pulled on, David would be really funny because he's right here, um, but also your sister, Mary Kate. Or anyone. Mm. First one that comes to my mind is the uh, the earliest prank that I have of uh, me and my brother pranking my sister. This was probably 2002, 2001. Um, mm. A neighbor, this is back in our first house. Uh, How our, old were you then? I was probably seven. Okay. And this is a pretty mean prank to pull <laughs> off as a seven-year-old. Um, <laughs> so... It uh, it goes like this. We um, we had a neighbor named Kelly who was a year or two younger than Mary Kate, and uh, I don't even know how many of my brother came up with this one. But we created a uh, a fake birthday invitation for a <laughs> birthday party that wasn't happening. This is a seven year old Tommy and like a ten year old Kevin. We created a fake birthday party invitation, put it in the mailbox, and then we added an. I, I, I can't believe I even knew what an RSVP was at seven years old. But we had an RSVP on the Did bottom. You spell of it. it correctly. <laughs> Jennifer wouldn't. Whoa. Sorry. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we I think we got that. Um, How old was MK? Oh, she must have been uh, I don't know, twelve, okay. eleven. So we. Um, we put an RSVP on it. Uh, we looked up Kelly's phone number in the directory, um, listed it at the bottom, and Mary Kate RSVP'd to Kelly. And I remember <laughs> because that's like on the landline, you could eavesdrop in on it. We're eavesdropping in on the landline. Mary Kate RSVPs, and Kelly's just like absolutely confused. <laughs> uh, no, Mary Kate, it's not my birthday. And um, she's really polite too. And I don't really have a party either. And Mary Kate's like, uh, what? <laughs> and then she hears me and Kevin giggling on the line, and then we hang up, and then she's like, Tommy, Kevin. And then she comes storming down the stairs, and mom and dad find out about it. And my dad was honestly pretty impressed, and my mom was just trying not to laugh. But that was, I think that's like, that was the earliest prank that we did, and uh, so it's, still, uh, it's still funny today. So if it's still relevant today, that's it's really a good funny. prank by my book. Yeah. That is a good one. Good yeah. family love right there. I can see the, the uh, similarities between living your life and your family pranking all the time and also the pranks that happen in among the Marines, right? Yeah, a lot of pranking in the Marine Corps for sure. Um, is it more those. common? 
Is it more common in the Marines versus the Navy or the Army as far as pranks? Prank? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, the stereotype of the Marines is usually a more wild bunch. So perhaps they might be doing more pranks or <laughs> more uh, more um, risk know. takers. Yeah, th- yeah, they're definitely the Marine Corps uh, is usually the more uh, the more riskier bunch. so yeah whatever that means to you i guess does that answer your question so i just heard heard thomas say perhaps and i just lost it up well david and thomas today actually drove down to tucson Tommy had to drop some stuff off more more like mexico but yeah mexico mexico according to my mom um but what did you do to David today in the car? It's David? classified. It's not classified. Uh, we you just, just don't want to hear your stupidity. We drove down to Fort Huachuca. I had to uh, turn in some gear that I was borrowing from the Army. I actually have an ID for Fort Huachuca now. Yeah, for a whole year he's got a visitor pass. Wow. I so if you want to go squat out of the barracks, uh, that would absolutely be an option. You could blend in, too. Could. When David got to the base, did he say, Lieutenant <laughs> Dyer, what are you doing here? <laughs> Forrest Gump. It, David had lots of questions, you know. He was Were amazed. they good questions? Hey, no, I've never abs- been on a military base before, okay? So he, he's, okay. Dumb, he's dumbfounded that people live on military bases. He's like, they have houses here? <laughs> they have a Burger King here? They have a school here? Did they they, have a had, they here? had like six schools. And we were walking through. Two, two schools. <laughs> but we were walking through the, the preschool. And we were, like, seeing all these kids. Were, like, were you dude, dumbfounded about how much smarter they were than you? I'm going to go ahead and stop you right there. We did not walk through a preschool <laughs> before the record. Um, I'm like, dude, I got to see where these kids live. You know? Yeah, so oh, lots of. pedophile. Oh, jeez. It's lots of, uh, it was a learning experience for David. Yeah. And, yes, David, they have Burger King on military installations. So when he's asking all those questions, you're just going up to people saying, You'll have to excuse my friend. He's a little slow. <laughs> Well, Tommy almost crashed into someone after we asked dumb the dumb. direct guy for directions. Not even true. Nobody, nobody true. believes you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the support. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast went from a five to a three as soon as mom, mom joined. What? <laughs> She's done nothing except for listening to your ridiculous things. <laughs> okay, you. go ahead, host. What are you doing today? Um. Okay. Well, uh, I've heard kind of the story from your mom, Tommy, but I just wanted to hear how you kind of decided to go into the marines and kind of how old you were and like the whole situation um man there's a there's a lot of uh parts to that i think that um i was seeking my own i wanted to make my own path uh in the town that i grew up in um everybody was going to go to a four-year school and uh where'd you grow up um i grew up uh, just outside of chicago in naperville illinois in the suburbs so, yeah, not a lot of people were going to the military. It seemed like the road less traveled. Um, I was definitely adventure-seeking, and um, I really wanted to do something different. And for the town and place that I grew up in, uh, the military was the answer to that. Um, I mean, I wasn't as um, – I was a lot – I was not very studious either, so I don't even think I had the option to go to the schools that I wanted to go to um, uh, if I wanted to go to them. The military was my first choice, and, and, and that's what I did, and I'm happy for it. And why the Marines, that branch? Um, I, I think I kind of had something to prove. I kind of wanted to uh, – I think the Marine, the Marine Corps had a reputation for being, like, the hardest and the best. So um, as, like, a 16- or 17-year-old kid, it was, like, a chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go be with those guys. And then, um, well, Tommy thought he was so sick, dude. Like, <laughs> he still thinks he's so sick. And I bought, uh, I went to go talk to a recruiter. I talked to a recruiter at like 14 or 15. 
Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, I called him on the phone, and you have to be 17 to enlist with parental consent or 18 without parental consent. So I was completely – I was completely high and to the right, as they say, um, trying to, you know, do something at 14 or 15. Wow. And then yeah. I talked to the recruiters, and they, they gave me the pitch at that age, and they got me hook, line, and sinker. So I was Dang. I was engaged and wanting to join since, like, 14 or 15 years old. Wow. Now, do you have family, extended family, that went to the military? Um, I mean, what was your experience no, no. as to what it might be like? Did you have YouTube, – um, Yeah, YouTube. Mm-hmm. I remember um, – I remember watching um, Shock and Awe in uh, 2003 uh, on the TV, and I don't know that I mean, it sounds crazy to a lot of people, but I was like, "Wow, like that is uh, that's really something right there." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you have recruiters at your high school? Yeah, the recruiters would come through, but I was engaged. Um, I I I was engaged and wanting to join before uh, before that. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, how old were you when you actually went into the Marines? Um, so I enlisted at 17, um, after, uh, I mean, my parents really did not want me to go. They wanted me to go get my, uh, they wanted to go get me, they wanted me to go get my undergrad or, uh, do something else. They're not familiar with the military at all. Um, and back to your other question, nobody in my extended family had joined the military. Um, so they were completely unfamiliar with the process and, uh, yeah, they were not about it at all. So it took a lot of convincing. I would take pamphlets and like brochures and stash them all over the house just to let them know that I was connected and interested. Mm. Um, but yeah, I did join at 17 with, uh, with their signature. Yeah. Wow. Scary as a parent, I think, especially in the time. Mm-hmm. The, what year was that? That was, uh, 2012. Yeah. So, um, when did you actually join the Marines and go to boot camp and stuff? I went to the boot camp in, uh, 2013, nice. uh, as soon as I graduated high school. Awesome. Yeah. And how was boot camp? Cause I hear from, well, from you and other people that I've met through you that it is very, very hard. Um, I don't, I don't know if hard's the right word. I'm okay. That sounds, uh, it was hard at parts. I think, um, the, the best way to put it is just, um, it just sucks. I think they, uh, by design, they, uh, they put you under a bunch of stress. Um, so no, any one challenge is particularly, um, uh, um, uh, hard, but it's, it's just a combination of everything that's going on and the culture shock and processing everything new. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you do like a, uh, I forget, it's been a long time, but if you do like a 12, 15 mile hike with, you know, 60, 70 pounds of gear or something like that, um, you know, uh, that in a vacuum, uh, if you take the average guy, um, and you have him trained for it and you take him out on a Saturday to go hike, you know, 10 or 15 miles with weight, uh, he can do it. But then that layered on top of, you know, being 18 separated from your family, all that stress, uh, getting yelled at all the time. Uh, I think that. That adds a that adds another layer. So that's what I'm trying to say. Is it just it sucked more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Pretty much standard to say that. But this whole place sucks. <laughs> uh, did you ever kind of? Did you like, see people leaving and then kind of maybe think that you want to go home, or did you like? Did you ever think that you wanted to? Oh, go so home? did I see people quitting or? Yeah, like when you saw people quitting, did you ever think like I just want to quit and go home? Yeah, I remember looking through the. I remember being on Firewatch and looking through the handbook. Um, because they have the handbook of like uh, the uniform code of military justice, and I'm like thumbing through it, like, how can I get out of here? Mm-hmm. What is what is my most legal? Because if you if you like run away from boot camp or something, or you go uh, UA unauthorized absence, um, you can actually be detained and arrested for that. Because um, when you're enlisted, you're binded by contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're binded by contract. Um, so I was look. I remember thumbing through the handbook, finding a legal way to get out of there. 
I don't know if I would have ever done it, but I was definitely, yeah, for that first month, I wanted I wanted to get out of there. I, I was not having a good time. Straight up not having a good time. <laughs> How long was it? Um, boot camp was three months. Dang. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember mm-hmm. we all went to like, what do you call it when you like? Graduation. Graduation. Yeah. yeah. Graduation, yeah. <laughs> Struggling with that one. I didn't know if like there was a different <laughs> word. Did you just get a bunch of graduation pictures framed like a couple days ago? Yeah. From high school, I didn't know there was a different, I didn't know there was a different word. Okay. Okay. We'll give you five Congratulations. Graduation. High school. Super senior. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so how did it feel to finally get graduated from boot camp? Incredible. Still stressful. I, yeah, I didn't feel. I didn't feel the satisfaction I thought I would. I, I honestly didn't even get any satisfaction out of. Uh, I mean, it took me a while. I had to pick up rank to get the satisfaction. I think right, right when I graduated boot camp, I was still shell shocked and I was still stressed. Um, and then after that goes uh, combat training. Then you go to your MOS school, and I was still stressed through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Other people were different, but I, I'm, I was kind of high, strong, and uptight. Yeah. So. Dang. Um. So when you got out of boot camp, did you go home for a little bit? And yeah, you then... go home for ten days before you go to your next training cycle or training event. Yeah. Oh dang! Where did you go after? Um. Yeah. So I left San Diego, went home for ten days, and I went to Camp Pendleton, just north of San Diego, and I was there for a month, and then you go straight from there to your MOS school. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Um, so kind of after you got out of like boot camp and stuff like that, once mm-hmm. you were in the Marines, did you kind of have like a different viewpoint on like going back home and living like with your family for what well, it was for 10 days, but like even after kind of, do you have a different viewpoint on like civilian life or whatever? Just after boot camp? Just like in your, like throughout your home, like. Oh, throughout the whole. Yeah. Like being in the Marines. Um, yeah, def- yeah, definitely. Um, especially, uh, after deployments, I think that, um. My biggest observation was just Americans move from point A to point B with a with a. We can go. I could go to the grocery store right now um, with a reasonable expectation to uh, to safety um, all the way to the grocery store and back. And I think that's pretty amazing. I think a lot of Americans take that for granted. Mm-hmm. So that was like, I don't know that 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 bounces around in my head a lot um, coming home. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. Yeah, because obviously, like, we don't really think about that. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of people, not just Americans, but a lot of uh, people in the West don't really think about that kind of thing. Dang. Yeah. Um, so, kind of, you talked about kind of getting deployed a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I remember seeing you before you went to Afghanistan for the first time. That was like really cool to see before you left. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so Tommy and I uh, ended up being in DC at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we ran into each other. And that was a lot of fun. Um, but kind of how, what was your experience like before you left for Afghanistan the first time and like preparing for that and then being in Afghanistan, like in the Marines for the first time? Um, okay. So you're just talking about the first tour. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to put myself in that uh, state of mind. Well, I've been waiting. I mean, ever since I was, uh, like I was saying earlier, ever since I was, uh, you know, freshman or sophomore in high school, all I wanted to do was deploy. So, um, right before that first tour, that's all I was thinking about. I was like, okay, I'm finally doing, um, uh, what at the time was the number one on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. I'm finally doing what I've always wanted to do. So I was more excited than anything, a little mm-hmm. bit nervous. Um, and then uh, you also asked, uh, like, coming home after that? Um, well, just, like, before that, like, how, what did you have to do to prepare to go to Afghanistan? Um, like, uh, I mean, you have to do a, a deployment workup with your unit, um, and then uh, you'll have individual training as well. Um, so you do a, probably – what ends up being like a eight to six to eight month workup. Um, and then like your own individual training pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that stuff, um, I don't want to bore you with the details. Um, so I had to do all the formalities, uh, mm-hmm. for working up and then, uh, uh, in my own head, just kind of brace myself. But 
I was really excited for it. So yeah, it's really what I wanted. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, what was it like kind of getting there and spending time? How long were you there the first time? Six months. Dang. How, like, what was it like kind of being in that environment? Like on like the base in Afghanistan? Um, what was it like in that environment? Uh, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is the smell. Mm -hmm. Um, so the first time I was there was in Kabul city. Um, the pollution is, uh, I think it's, it's one of the worst, some of the worst in the world. Like you could smell rush hour happening. Like rush hour wow. would wake you up. If you, um, happen to be sleeping or you happen to be doing something and you weren't outside, uh, you could smell rush hour happening. It was that bad. Um, you could, oh, it smells like, like a used diaper filled with Indian food. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's my anchor, man. Yeah, um, uh, everybody burns the trash there. Um, oh, yeah. It's not a, I don't know. so that they had the smell. Um, Do they use uh, plastic straws though? <laughs> um, <laughs> they burn their plastic straws, Dave. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. And what if they like to kill sea turtles? David, sensitive subject. Sorry. The um, yeah, the smell is the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, I don't know. Uh, what is that? It smells like a turd covered in burnt hair. It's bad. The smell is bad. Smells like Bigfoot's dick. I wish I could give you. I wish I could. What is wrong with you, Bob? I wish I could give you more. I mean, no. Yeah, the sounds of the city. I mean, if there's David, you guys are so immature. <laughs> there's anything going on in the city you can hear everything around you it's uh oh. whereas like a lot of the other um fobs or bases uh around the uh around the country are are more remote so you don't feel like uh oh. you can't i don't know they're more remote so you're not going to see mm. or hear much of the, much of the things from the city unless you're out patrolling through it but the times i was there um in uh I the times i was there in resolute support and freedom set and all the different campaigns so the strategy was different um so there wasn't a lot of patrolling going on but Yes, being in the city is it, it was kind of a unique experience there. Wow! And what was it like coming home from that? Um, Did it smell better? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It smelled a lot better. Uh, that was. Um, what was it like being home from that? I had. Uh, oh man. Well. So I was on a NATO base my first time there. So you have all the exposure to all the European countries and everybody in who's involved in NATO. You have exposure to all their germs. You have exposure. I have two doctors here, so <laughs> please correct me if I'm wrong. You have exposure to um, the Afghan germs, all that. So I was pretty much sick the pretty much the entire time. Uh, I had a stomach bug, probably. Uh, I mean, I don't know how how much detail you guys want to get in, but you <laughs> can, like, was it diarrhea? You can, or? Yes, it was diarrhea. <laughs> you like, did it burn when it came out? Or? David. <laughs> right. So the diarrhea was bad. The diarrhea is very bad. Um, probably um, almost probably every day. Probably almost every day. Um, for the six months yeah that was so Oof. bad yeah well, uh, where did you get the food was it local food uh no we uh we ate from the from the base uh dining facility um the base jail hall um the yeah i i yeah i couldn't explain to you where i got the stomach bug from but it yeah. was it was so i just remember being so that that was probably the biggest factor that made me miserable was yeah. having diarrhea all the time and Ooh. then coming home did i had diarrhea did you fart hard how can you stand that? I don't mind it. I don't mind. <laughs> no, I don't mind uh, coming home. Uh, yeah, that was a big relief, not having diarrhea anymore. So um, so how long were you back before you went off to Afghanistan again? Oh, 
two, I think two years, uh, 18 months, two years. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, before I left again. Yeah. So, um, did you really want to go back again, or did it just kind of happen? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I actually did. Yeah, I did really? want to. Yeah, I did want to go back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you went back as a contractor, right? Yep, I went back as a private contractor, and um, which was still really cool for me because uh, my second uh, my second time around, I went to Helmand Province, which is a historically um, it's always historically been a marine um, been a marine site in Afghanistan. So they sent me, uh, I got back into country, um, a year ago and they just asked me my background and all they heard was Marine. So th- mm-hmm. they're going to send contractors with like-minded, um, contractors or like-minded DOD with their experience. So as soon as I heard I, I was a Marine, they sent me right back to Helmand or right to Helmand to be with the Marines. And that was, uh, I really, I really enjoyed that. Oh, that's Being awesome. with Marines, yeah. Um, so you were there for like almost a year, right? Yeah. I was there for about 11 months. Yeah. And was that experience, like, much different from the first time? Yep. Um, <clears throat> what if I was just like, yep? <laughs> I think that's the question. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So Helmand is uh, historically – I think Helmand is a uh, center of gravity for the Taliban. Um, the uh, Historically, it's a, probably the most dangerous province. Um, wow. Whereas Kabul City is – Kabul City is the capital, so it's, a, it's of uh, strategical value to not just Taliban but other terrorist groups. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, anywhere you go geographically in the country is going to – provide a um a unique set of challenges um but uh helmand is probably um helmand is a spot where you can expect to um i mean you could just if you had access to a car or something and you could go north south east west in any direction you're just going to find taliban any any direction you go you're going to find them you know wow. is that is that mainly who you're fighting taliban or do you ever run into isis or anything yep there's uh taliban um uh and uh uh yeah, uh, the Islamic State. Um, mm-hmm. They're uh, they're more active. Uh, Islamic State's more active in uh, Nangar and like northeastern uh, area. Um, but Helmand's always been uh, Taliban. Uh, what's the what's the main difference between the two? Is it just like I think it's geographic a, area or what territory? <laughs> um, well, they're not allies. They've been fighting each other in Afghanistan. Um, the tribalism, guys. Yeah, there's a lot of tribalism going on there. Literally tribalism. Uh, the funding is a little bit different. Um, I mean, but you might even have Taliban fighters who disband Taliban um, and go to uh, go move over to IS. Wow. Um, but uh, the the funding the funding is a lot different as well. Uh, the the funding pipelines. I'm sure they have different um, they have different investors for the for the terrorist organizations. Do you think that ISIS was like a higher priority, like to, to like deal with first compared to Taliban, or or did, like, is it even structured like that? Um, it is, yeah, you're right. It is structured like that. Um, Taliban is viewed as a. Um, there's a lot of fine lines. The Taliban is uh, is uh, viewed as an insurgent group, and Islamic State is a global uh, terrorist organization. Right, right. The Taliban is not concerned with anything outside of their of uh, Afghanistan. Um, they'd like to do a regime change, um, and they're concerned with their immediate area. Whereas Islamic State is committed to terrorism all around the world. So the priorities. Um, will align differently because they're different organizations. Okay, cool. You're talking about, like, getting funded. Who funds the terrorist groups? Just, like, yeah, yeah I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> that is a great question uh, that I'm not qualified to answer. It's classified, Jen. Um, okay. <clears throat> now, uh, 
who find um, if we knew the uh, if that's a really good question uh i think you're asking the right questions if we knew those answers um that would be uh, that would be that be pivotal. <laughs> yeah, a step towards world peace. Yeah, that'd be a pivotal oh. to that'd be pivotal to uh, to the success and end of, ending of the war. But all right, well, Donald yeah. Trump, figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so kind of what was it like? Cause I know I've seen the video of you kind of having gunshots like around you when you were in Afghanistan. Hmm. What was it like, kind of experiencing that? Like when you first did, was it kind of just like? Did you really? Did you realize what was going on, or did like did you know like there was gunshots around you, like people, or was that like a common thing to happen around where you were? Yeah, uh, the most thing you're going to experience in Afghanistan is what's called indirect fire. So mm-hmm. the enemy's not doesn't always have line of sight to shoot at you. So what they'll do is they'll use um, they'll use something that's called indirect fire. So they use like rockets and mortars. Uh, when they don't have line of sight, they'll lob it over um, big walls, or they I mean they could shoot a rocket from like three miles out or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's like. That's pretty common. I mean, you might get – it's impossible to, to map. If we could map it and we could predict it, then it wouldn't be a problem. But um, the attacks are sporadic and completely random. Um, but you probably average like an IDF incident. man. I mean, on some of the – man, even on some of the bigger bases, probably weekly, maybe um, weekly if not monthly. Um, and then when you go to the uh, – where you go to uh, where I was at in Helmand, uh, I mean, we probably average an IDF incident like um, – What's that mean? Uh, indirect fire incident. We probably um, – uh, encountered an indirect fire incident probably like once a month. And then like uh, direct fire, that was kind of, um, that was an insider attack. So that's not, um, that's not too common where I was at. Did you ever like encounter 20, any, uh, 2018, 2019. Did you ever encounter like any SRIs or anything? Really? <laughs> like uh, those very common in Afghanistan? Uh, what is an SRI? Well, that. It depends Dr. on, Gray will explain any, an anything can be an SRI. It can be a shooting-related injury. It could be a sleeping-related injury. We've, it could be a sneezing-related uh, injury. We've learned over our lives that almost every injury is related to an S, whether it's sleeping, sneezing, stumbling, singing, Shoot. slipping, swimmy, swami, Samsonite. Give us a scenario. Try it out. That's okay. It's really not worth See, getting into. See, Tommy, Bob tries to aspire to be as manly as a Marine, so mm-hmm. he wants to have related injuries such that... Just, like, put letter, you know... Yeah, excuse me, but... Uh, Shut up, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you got a bad knee, right, Doback? It's better now. I had it fixed. Shut up, Richard. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of Marines have bad injuries. You hike a lot, man, so you're probably subject to a lot of the same injuries that military members get from hiking. Yeah, so I had a knee replacement, but it's good. Sorry, right. I can Life kiss it later good. if you want me to. Whoa, 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 Should whoa! Make it feel better. Ben, <laughs> not here at the table. Um, where were we at? That's a cheetah. <laughs> no. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Classic, classic inside joke. Yes. How did you even hear that? Oh, David showed you his birthday video. Maybe we should play David's birthday video. Uh, Pass. Yeah, we don't have four hours. Yeah, that is true. Really? I have a question about the camaraderie. He's eating a Cheeto, by the way. I have a question about the camaraderie among the Marines. Camaraderie? Yeah, how much do you depend on that to kind of keep your spirits up? Depends. Yeah, depends. Yeah, Yeah, pass. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know. It depends on the individual. I mean, you're with these guys a lot, yeah. so does it have, what percentage of the time are you just totally annoyed by these guys, or depending on their support? Yeah. So I guess you're asking you for me personally. I don't know, I got along, I got along with all the Marines. Uh, uh-huh. I've, I love Marines. That's kind of uh, weird, um, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know there were uh, those type of people in there, you know? Uh, well, I mean, Tommy's in there, so I'm just kidding. David's the gay one here. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd agree. I did. Yeah, I've, I don't know. I've always gotten along with Marines mm-hmm. personally. Um, yeah, my best. You know, I don't know. I'm just 
I think so it's, it's important. All, about all isn't our best it? friends, you know, to get mm-hmm. get you through stuff like that. I'm yeah. sure you depend on each other a lot. Yeah, a lot of good laughs, a lot of good gaffes. That's cool. So yeah, if, pranks, um, pranks. Back to the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, marine buddies. I'm sure you're buddies yeah. for life. Yeah, absolutely. But it, yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, Do you have any good pranks? I already went over this, Jennifer. I, well, you said pranks. I thought, you know, maybe all I right, thought right, of a new all right, one. All right, all right, let's get down to it. How much money do you make a year before taxes? <laughs> 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 For those of you who did, <laughs> that seven is a movie yeah. line. Seven figures, seven dollars, seven cents. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> all of them. We <laughs> All of them, all of the time. <laughs> I got a good one for you, Jennifer. Yeah. Um, in uh, my first tour, uh, me and my roommate, Nathan, uh, we slept in like a, we had like, we're kind of living like in a shipping container and there's three racks in the shipping container. And obviously you don't want a third room. If that third roommate really sends you over the edge. I mean, that makes, that makes like you're living good with that third roommate, not living good. It's like sardines in there and there's like no ventilation. So the dirty, the dirty laundry Uh. is just going to, you're, you're hot boxing dirty laundry and it's absolutely terrible. Can so you we wash were, your laundry? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you can wash your laundry. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Do they have washing machines over there? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the bigger, yeah, the bigger like the, uh, that was the, the airfields. That was a sarcastic question. So the third guy shows up, you're just pretty much like, You low down, dirty, Well, no. Dirty, he, so here's what. Bleed, bitch, bomb, sniff, toilet drinker. This is stupid. Terrible. All right, so the. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's kind of a sad one to have on there, Dad. <laughs> sound like a child. So the. um. Yeah, we we came up with a thing. We uh, so for us to not get a third roommate, they would have like a um, they have a I don't know what you call them on deployment. It was like a they weren't Marines. They were like a it was like a barracks manager that would come through and uh, see who's occupying different spaces, and they have a master key, and they could come in any room they want unannounced and just show up. So what we did is we took that third Sounds rack. Sounds like David with the bathrooms around here. That's a fact. Shh. That's what I'm known for. It's not a good thing. Unreal. Dave. Unreal. So we had. Do you uh, mind? We developed a um, a comprehensive solution to the third roommate issue. We oh. put uh, a bunch of fake family pictures up on the wall around the back. <laughs> we found uniforms. We put them in the closet. We found fake name tapes for the uniforms. Put the name tapes on the uniforms. The uh, what was it, Carlos? Carlos. <laughs> and then so we funny. made his rack, but like not too nice because we wanted people to think that it was inhabited and lived in. So. Like I, I took, uh, I made the rack really nice, and then I jumped on it, and like I pressed my head into the pillow really hard, so there's a head imprint on there. <laughs> and then I put a book with like a, a page marker in there. The nice, fake, the, yeah, all the, the fake, details. Yeah, it's it's all about the details. The fake <laughs> photos of the family was really good. How did you get like from magazines or something? Oh yeah, we cut yeah, just cut them out of like magazines. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's kind of like, like Carol. She buys frames and puts them out with the pictures that came. Yeah, in Yeah, because on. those people that are on the pictures are a lot better than my own family. Yeah, wow, true, yeah. you wow. created us. You know, way that, to call right? it like you small. Really nice. So that yeah, that scam worked for a while, but eventually it caught Sam up to was. us. Did they Dang. figure out? Because they would keep asking, like, yeah, where is um? And Carlos. it was actually an army uniform that we had, so they'd be like, "Where is Specialist Carlos?" <laughs> and we'd be like, "You went, you went TDY to Bagram. He passed away. He's yeah. along with us." Yeah, we actually thought about saying that one too, but usually people know. So, yeah, we got caught, and then somebody moved in, and he was much higher rank than us, and. Uh, so you had to behave then. Yeah, so we had to behave. Dang. Yeah, that was lame. You guys ever prank higher ranks just for fun? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Of you course. would. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course we did. Next, Next question. 
Okay, he was kind of talking. David suddenly in charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! All right. Um, well, in Afghanistan, you got your dog Naughty. Yeah, um, not a Lee. Yeah. What a cute! She's so sweet. Yeah, I love she's her. the best dog ever. Um, so hear that bandit? Yeah. <laughs> well, Bandit just perked up. That's Bandit's girlfriend. For everybody who doesn't know. Yes. Yeah. She's a tease, though. Poor Naughty. Naughty. Not it. Not it. Not it. Yeah, we got to we wanted to create not it's half bandy, half bandits, half naughties, half naughties, call them not it's. But not it. But naughty got spayed. Sorry. Sorry bandit. Sorry bandit. Spanner was saying, "Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on to your question. Um, we'll just kind of what was Hangover. The, what was the process from getting naughty cuz you um, adopted her from Afghanistan? Yep. Um yeah, so oh man. Okay, so there were three dogs, and they were kind of at a um, a remote area. It wasn't an area that uh, the Marines were occupying, so they were hard to get to already. How did you hear about them? Um, our buddy, uh, one of the other contractors, Phil, um, was working out at this site. Uh, it's kind of like a – it's actually a junkyard. Um, and the three dogs were living in <laughs> – <laughs> What? Uh, Dobak's over here making funny faces. Uh my dad is Dobak, by the way, in case you guys are wondering. Yeah, he's, doctor, about. he's a doctor, Dr. Dobak. <laughs> the three dogs were living in squalor in a junkyard. Oh. Um, our buddies Phil and Dean found them. And uh, <clears throat> me uh, and my friend Zach rogered up to take the dogs. So it was two of us for the three dogs. Um, one of the dogs, uh, dog fighting is a big thing in Afghanistan. So um, the Afghan soldiers were holding um, Piggy, one of the dogs. Um, they cut off his ears and they cut off his tail. Uh, yep to breed him for fighting so um when phil and dean found him he was all bloody with his ears cut off and uh really irritable obviously because he's done a lot of irritable really well well played how old were the were the dogs when you guys they were really small i i mean i don't know because i didn't see them uh i didn't see them be born but they could all by the yeah the time we they uh time we found them they could all all three of them would be able to fit in a shoebox. oh my yeah so and they'd already been cut the tail and ears and stuff yeah, they like to do it when they're young. Um, I guess, uh, yeah. I'm not an expert in dog fighting, but they, I know that they do that when they're young. Sure you aren't. Um, <laughs> Look at, yeah, check out his Instagram. So. Tommy Tsunami tells dogs for dog fighting. <laughs> 50, 50 bucks a beep. So to, so to get Piggy away from the yeah, Afghans, to get Piggy away from the Afghan soldiers, uh, we originally we were going to have to give him a gift or something in exchange because um, he, was, he, was, uh, he, was, he was valued. So, um, But... Uh, uh, Phil and Dean were advisors, so I guess they, um, I mean, they really just, tr- uh, they traded a lecture and some training to the Afghan soldiers, like, hey, we'll train you on XYZ, um, and then you guys give us this dog. So that's how he got picky up. The other two females, uh, they weren't interested at all in keeping, so that was Natalie and Washir, and those two were uh, were much easier to, to get. Mm-hmm. So then once we got them away from the Afghans, then we had to uh, go through uh, a charity to get them uh, exported to the United States, and the charity is called Puppy Rescue Mission. Uh, cool. Yeah, thank you. To, big thank you to Puppy Rescue Mission. Yeah, that's a big shout out. That's awesome. So Great the export, work. just the export fees is almost like $1,000 a dog. Wow. Um, it varies on weight and a few other variables, but it's almost $1,000 a dog, so you got to start a GoFundMe uh, for the dogs. Um, and then, uh, you, so we were in Helmand, and we had, to, uh, we had to get the dogs from Helmand to Kandahar. Okay, Bannon. <laughs> Bannon had to make sure we know. She's yeah, here. He's here. He's here in the story. We, we appreciate you, good boy. Yeah. Bannon's like, oh, yeah? Oh, never mind. I'm a PV boy. Man, if you're going to kill the sound bite like that, you better have it ready. I know. Sorry. I Finger had on the on trigger. My enemy is an animal. And in order to conquer him, 
I have to think like an animal. Never possible to look like one. And Bandit does all of that. Bandit's um, a cute bubble. Caddyshack. So, yeah, we had to get the dogs from one city to the other. Um, so the puppy rescue mission, I guess, I don't know how this one, how this leg worked, but they had contacted. They have locals. Um, they had contacted locals via WhatsApp. So we had a local uh, drive to our base, put the dogs in the back of his pickup truck and brought, drive them from one province to the other. How far and is that? That is, um, that would probably be like a, um, I'm not sure mile-wise. Um, a bit like time, yeah. Yeah, probably about a five or six-hour drive. Wow. So he showed up um, in the morning, and he wanted to go back before nightfall. Wow. Um, and I remember he was te- we were texting him on, uh, on, uh, on our phones. Uh, to coordinate the pickup, and he was like saying, "He's like, hey, I need to get out of here by 1700. Because um, if I don't get out of get out of here by seven, he's really busted English. He's like, if I, if I don't get out of here by 1700, the Taliban are going to get me, because they, uh, Whoa. yeah, because when night comes, um, they're going to set up checkpoints all along that highway that goes from Helmand to Kandahar. So, Jeez. so he's risking his so life th- to pick up these dogs. Yeah, well, he's getting paid, but yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Not, he's not like a super great guy. I mean, thank you, I appreciate him, but he was getting paid. You know? <laughs> this is actually his so job. So he he was a coyote, quote unquote. Yeah, I guess you could say that. So that's why the pressure was on to get these dogs out of there because I'm like, okay, I don't really want I don't want this guy to get hurt. Yeah, on the account of I mean, I love these dogs, but sure. I don't want anybody getting hurt over these dogs. So that put the pressure on to get these dogs out. And um, none of the Marines or none of the command had really sanctioned getting these dogs out, so we had it figured out ourselves. Wow. Um, and then when uh, when you're in an area where you don't necessarily have freedom of movement for um, security reasons, it, it made it really challenging. But it was it was it ended up being like a ten hour event getting these dogs off a of base, and uh, we pro- that guy did have to drive through the night. So um, yeah, big thanks to him for wow. driving through extremely dangerous area to get these dogs out. Were they in crates? Yeah, they were in crates in the back of a pickup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So then you got Nadia here. She's so cute. Yeah, now she's here. Uh, took a, and that whole process from getting her to Helmand for, to uh, to Phoenix, Arizona, that took like took about almost about three months. So oh, she was crazy. yeah. When I finally got her, she was much bigger. And um, yeah. Who fed her during all that time? Um, the, uh, so she was at a kennel in Kandahar and then she was at a kennel in Kabul and they, I don't even know what they're feeding her. Um, yeah, but I mean, she's alive, so they're feeding yep. her something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, um, that's where she spent the bulk, the bulk of her time was in Kandahar and Kabul. And then it was probably, uh, I think it was about five or six days of flying to go from Kabul to, um, Turkey, uh, Istanbul, Turkey to, um, then she flew to Heathrow. Um, UK, and then she Crazy. flew to JFK, and then to Seattle, and then to Phoenix. And Dang. the poor, yeah, poor girl was in the kennel the entire time. That's amazing. Yes, Bandit <laughs> feels that, for her. And that was the noise she was making in the kennel. Like that. Yeah. Thank you, Bandit, for that insert right there. Yeah. Um, she does like to grab bones. We have some skulls and stuff, animal stuff yeah, in her cabin. Yeah, she will walk around. Uh, she yeah. will walk around and start licking all the all the skulls the Gregos have laying around. <laughs> all the animal skulls. Yeah, a lot of those. She's a scavenger. Yeah. She's a survivor. Clearly. Yeah. Did she you? Would she walk around Afghanistan with like a human skull? Yeah, we we did we did see that. If yeah, we did see that a few times. Yeah. But Actually, mean, you're saying no. the dog is like no. she's always got some bone. Well, I'm turning into David. Um, did you <laughs> believing yeah. your stories? Um, <laughs> did you guys go sneak them food because obviously the Afghans didn't care about the females? Oh yeah, we would. Um, we would whenever we were eating, they were eating. So that's probably why she's so picky now. Yeah. I mean, uh, the chow hall food would be like you know burgers and pizza, and hot dogs. So yeah. we'd be giving these dogs the exact same. I mean, for for breakfast, Natalie would be eating 
uh, biscuits and gravy, you know. So we're like, if we're eating omelets, she was eating omelets, you know. Yeah. Dang. Baby. Um, So also while you were in Afghanistan, you did a lot of traveling kind of around yeah yeah that's uh, one of the benefits of being a contractor is just taking r and r as much as you can so, so I, did, I did do a lot of that they just kind of did they pay for you going over there did you no pay for it? no no um yeah so explain how you would get out of there yeah okay so um the, the fob i was at in helmand what's, uh, what's fob uh forward operating base so the fob i was at in helmand you just had to take a helicopter um to <laughs> one of the bigger airfields so that's you, sick. yeah you, uh you have to pay for that uh, no, not, no, not a helicopter flight. No. Right. Cause that's the cheaper of the flights. <laughs> but is that like, is that sketchy to do? Um, like in terms of like top man shooting you down or anything to classified? No. Right, next I, question. No, <laughs> sorry. You asked it. No, yeah. We hadn't, we haven't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't see a lot of service to air missile threats. Uh, when I was, I think we had like one incident while I was there, but, uh, I'm actually surprised we don't see more, but I don't know. I think uh, it's not like flying southwest from <laughs> from Phoenix to San Diego, you know. So not ideal, but I gotta I gotta go I gotta go somewhere. So I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do. Yeah. Do so, they just kind of like give you time off, and you'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go to Indonesia. Yeah, so yeah, you like, just yeah, you just put give them uh, give them some notice, then you uh, get con- um, operational concurrence with uh, uh, whoever you're supporting, and then you get your approval, and you go. Nice. Uh, yeah, I didn't get paid for any of my time off there or anything like that. I mean, it varies company to company, but. And then you, cool. Yeah. And you, I would take about like 20 days off at a time and just travel to as many countries as I can. So when you say company, like, is there like a, like a U.S. Baby. based company that runs these contract, these contractors that are working in Afghanistan? Yeah. There's, yeah, there's so many. I mean, there's probably hundreds of companies. Jeez. Yeah. Like, do they, do they each specialize in like different things or is it like, what's the deal? Yeah. They have like boutique contracting companies that, um, fulfill very specific needs, um, that you might, I mean, they might employ only anywhere from like three to you know, Whoa. three to 30, uh, guys for, uh, for one contract. Um, and then you have, uh, the big name contracting companies and those big name contracting companies use subcontractors. I mean, it's a, it's a whole, it, there's a whole world out there contracting. Yeah. How'd you get connected with that? Did you just like ask around? Uh, well, my first tour in Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan has a lot of contractors. Um, and contracting has a big need in the military because there's a lot of, uh, high skilled jobs. Um, and the retention uh, in the military um, doesn't always fulfill that high-skilled uh, need. So you have guys who get out of the military with all these skills, um, and the uh, and these contracting companies paid for by the Department of Defense will then go ahead and pick up these veterans with the uh, with the um, uh, what do you call them? with the skills, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, they recircle them back in, and they end up getting paid more than they were in the military. And then they also have more freedom of movement. You know, they could uh, they could just do one contract and be done. Whereas if you re-enlist in the military, you know, you, you're probably going to commit for like three years, three or four years, I think it is usually, depending. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, <clears throat> so now you're kind of getting a job and you're moving to Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So will you ever, do you think you'll go back to Afghanistan as a contractor again? No. Mm. Uh, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it right now. I don't see it right now. I, I hit my cap that, that last year. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, it had to be a very good deal to get me to go back. What were some of your most memorable um, events there or scariest times? or What what, what do you have that was most, the most impressionable um, or the biggest impressions you got um, while, while yeah. you were in Afghanistan? Yeah, this most recent tour. Um, well, any time. I think he stubbed his toe one time. He texted <laughs> me about that. <laughs> 
Um, so bad. Man, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's you got a, a mosquito bite and you just couldn't do it anymore. So, yeah, the most um, the moments that have the biggest impact on me. That's a good uh, question. Um, oh, that's what we have. Yeah, that's a powerful question. I, I remember, yeah, the first time getting IDF in Kabul, that was. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, sorry, fire. yeah, the oh, first right. time getting indirect fire. I forgot. Yeah, IDF a gobble. I mean, it happens. It happens so often. It's kind of like lightning striking, you know. Because when you're on a big airfield, I mean, it could land. Oh, man, it, I mean, Taliban's not very good. Um, they're not very well trained either, so they could totally whiff. I mean, they they could Gosh. whiff an airfield that span that's you know ten miles long by three miles you know wide. They could Sheesh. completely they could completely whiff. I'm thinking and, of stripes where he <laughs> drops that mortar in. Incoming! How do they miss yes. that much? Is and it I've, hard to I shoot? I have no idea what's. Well, they're undisciplined, aren't they? They just are a uh, well, bit yeah. They don't. Yeah, they have, they never receive formal training. It's all by word of mouth and uh, the um, grease balls, dude. Like I think 80 percent <laughs> of Afghans are illiterate. You know, it's a third world country, so they can't just pick up a handbook and teach themselves. Yeah. Um, Pythagorean theorem. They kind of have to. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that's precisely what it is. What is the Pythagorean theorem? A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Are you quizzing me? Way to go. How, well, how dare wow. you? I'm sorry. You how brought it up, you? so I thought I'd ask. <laughs> yeah, that first time getting IDF was pretty scary. And that one landed like, I don't know. It was either I think it was 100 feet from me or 100 Jeez. feet. So that one was, Holy that, crap. That one will freak you out. And then. Um, it was like, was it like a more? No, it, that one was that or? one was a rocket. Holy. Just a well, rocket. Like, um, it, it's not how you think. It's not like a, it's not how you think a rocket is. It's not like uh a rocket with fins on it that goes to the moon, or <laughs> or one of those, uh, or one of those. Like I, I don't even know how to, I don't even know what you're thinking, but it's probably not what you're thinking, David. Okay, it's probably it's like the size of they're probably it's probably about the size of my arm, and uh, so like super small, like really limp. Man, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be an EOD tech like listening to this, and he's gonna call me a dumbass. <laughs> um, they're not that. I mean, it's probably got a kill radius of about uh, ten meters. Wow. That's still, that's really probably less, honestly. Probably five meters was like the kilo radius of that. So, well, translation: how many feet? Oh, like fifteen feet, probably. Um, that sounds big too. It's not. I don't know. I don't know. It's not that big. Now, but, IEDs. Yeah, did you? Because obviously, the kids have met some people that have been victims yeah, of IED. Yeah. So, did you come across those, or was that something you had to worry about? IEDs. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, no, not me personally. My job wouldn't, um, my job wouldn't have me going over any IEDs. But uh, and can you say, tell us what the IED stands for? Uh, improvised explosive devices. Okay. So IEDs were much more relevant in Afghanistan um, all the way up until uh, 2014 uh -huh. uh, during Operation Enduring Freedom. Enduring Freedom was the campaign uh, was the campaign and strategy that had uh, a lot of boots on the ground, uh -huh. patrolling and occupying, um, occupying, uh, occupying space on the ground. Mm -hmm. You know. Whereas after 2014, uh, we adjusted our strategy because the casualty radius, uh, the casualty, uh, the casualty numbers were um, not good. Wow. Yeah, not good uh, for for the amount of men and women we had over there. Um, so after that strategy changed, we just didn't have that patrolling presence. We didn't have mm -hmm. that boots on the ground presence anymore. So the casualties that were coming from IEDs uh, went down drastically. Oh, that's but good then to know. It is good to know, but yeah. we also lost ground doing that as well. Oh, really? You know, because when you're fighting an insurgency, you really need, uh, you, you really need that presence on the ground. So it's an effective so way, but you had to risk. It's effective, but on. but it's extremely dangerous as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, after OEF, uh, after OEF ended. Um, I mean, of course, IEDs still matter, but uh, 
Just, so yeah, just, I, just the, the ID issue um, uh, wasn't as big for the uh, uh, post OEF era. So they do you do use more drones then? It's um, confidential, mom. That's classified. Yeah, that's classified. Um, yeah, because we don't have there because there's not a boots on the ground presence. Uh, they use um, uh, these a lot of air assets for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. That's yeah. cool. That's lit. That's. Are you even listening? <laughs> Who says that's yeah. lit to a bomb? Well, kids, kids, playing, kids playing Angry Birds on a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, playing Tiny Wings, dude. Okay, David. Um, so your brother, Kevin. Yes. Um, he is now in the Navy. So um, he – did you – hello, I can't talk. Were you kind of a part in uh, having him kind of try to go that way to being in the Navy? Because he's older than you and he mm-hmm. was like a waiter before, right? No? Yeah. And then he kind of like switched courses and went to the Navy. Yeah. Yeah, I told him. <laughs> Who just ate a Cheeto? Someone's eating something. I don't know. That's, That's a, Cheeto. a Cheeto. That's a Cheeto. <laughs> okay, well. I, I told him. I told him it'd be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And what is he? Did it take some convincing, or was he really or thinking? I yeah, he was. I think he was apprehensive at first. Um, he must have seen the value that you had uh, from having been part of the military. He, uh, you said he was or wasn't. What was he? Obviously, must have been. Kind of like he saw you doing it, and inspired kind of like, hey, by basically what, you came what in the military did for you. and you came out a degenerate, basically, but with a little more qualification as a degenerate. Well, thank you, Dave. Of course. Um, no, obviously, Sessa must have seen the va- the value that it did for your life. That yeah, I'm sure. Was, yeah, I'm, uh, I'd like to think that had something to do with it for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, it all, I, th- I don't know. I think it's a great place for uh, young men and women to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Get a little Come confidence, on, earn some, uh, learn some skills. Yeah, and uh, you could absolutely, absolutely, you could use it as a stepping stool mm-hmm. uh, for your next, uh, whatever your goals are in life. You could ex- absolutely use it as a stepping stool to get you to where you need to go. Especially the discipline gonna, part. Yeah, the discipline, yeah. the leadership, all the things that you learn there, and the, and the trades that come with it. No, I think it's a great job. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. It's yeah. a really great way to learn how to delay gratification and to learn absolutely. discipline. Absolutely. And um, being challenged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, all good things for young adults. Yeah. So. Proving yourself. That's great. Yeah. What was the hardest <clears throat> thing to overcome in terms of your journey in becoming a Marine? Like challenges. The look like, he's giving you right now is so funny. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? I mean, about? what I'm trying to say is. Yes. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'd say um, I think I know what you're trying to say. Even though you did an absolutely terrible job. It's like, <laughs> just <laughs> Don't no, disrespect I, me in my house. Too. I um, just dad's house. I don't know, just just trusting my decision because it just wasn't really a popular choice. Um, none of my peers were doing it. I didn't have uh, any relatives or older brothers or cousins or anybody else that was doing it. So I didn't. I couldn't compare myself. I couldn't compare myself or or utilize a mentor. Uh, my first few years, and I just kind of uh, had to trust my choice and that. I, I didn't, and even my first, like, two or three years, I wasn't sure if I made the right choice. Right. But then, you know, do your, uh, mm-hmm. your delayed gratification, girl. Yeah. Um, once you progress through it, you get, you get a little bit of gratification. You're like, okay, maybe I do belong here. Maybe mm-hmm. I did make the right choice. Mm-hmm. So you just have to trust your choice until that gratification comes two or three years. I mean, four years down the line. I yeah. mean, maybe some, some, some people could go their whole enlistment and not feel fulfilled. Yeah. And look back, like, ten years later as a veteran and be like, yep. oh, man, you know, I was actually a part of something really uh, really cool, you know. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they should um, increase the age, uh, the minimum age, from 17 to 21? Do you think more adult, more mature decisions should be made, or do you think you mature faster in the military? Yeah. Well, you do mature. Yeah, I think you do mature fast. I mean, man, it was it difficult on the, for you? Depends on the person. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I think I think you do mature faster in the military. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what delaying the age. I don't know. If it, I mean, for you, were you glad that you did it at age seventeen, or do you for wish sure? You were, yeah, for sure. Really? For sure. Personally, for me, for sure. Well, I yeah. mean, you want to do it when you were fourteen, so. Yeah. Do you think waiting till you were 21 would have changed? If I was 14, I would, they would have broke me. <laughs> <laughs> I was so frail and and not ready at that age. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what uh, upping the age would accomplish. I mean, do you think that some of the people that are in the military that are forced to be, and so when they start young, who's forced? In like America? if your parent, like you know, you have some some of the military. Uh, people are there because their parents like you need to go to the military, you know, because you're go get straightened out, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. What percentage yeah, well, of people do that? Yeah, like are are there because of that? Are there because their families kind of force them to go? Yeah, like they have no place else to go, and they're just like, you know what, you cannot survive. And basically, we're trying to do that for Timmy. We're trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, well, yeah, if you don't want to be there, it's gonna be it's gonna show. It's gonna yeah. be obvious, right? I'd like to say they weed people out like that, but they don't always. Yeah. And uh, those people. And yeah, I'm the, sure you don't yeah, want to be with those kind of people. It's just, but. yeah, those people, uh, you'll see those people uh, professionally and uh, they'll find a spot for them. They'll just, they'll find a spot to put them on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they're going to be, if they don't want to be there, that makes them a liability. Yeah, and, for sure. And the military has, uh, they have contingencies for that. For sure. Yeah, no room for that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, well, so. Do you have any regrets um, from going into the Marines or anything? Regrets or regrets? Spit, spit out all my coffee on the table. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, regrets? No. Just like him spending more time no with re- David. I regret. No regrets. No regrets, man. I need regrets. Let me, um, Dave. You know me pretty well. Do you think I have any regrets, dude? Don't get me started. Well, I love him. I think he's great. Okay. I think he's a real winner, Casey. If I were you, I wouldn't use protection. Have <laughs> <laughs> that is from or the Millers, and that's um, he's talking to the No Regrets kid. No, yeah, I mean, actually, here's the better one. Hey, those are cool tats, man. Oh, for real? Thank you, bro. You yeah. see the cobra? <laughs> this one right there. Oh, this. Uh-huh. That's my credo. No regrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no regrets. Scotty P. You have no regrets. Dad. No. Not one? Not even a single letter. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I did to talk about something. Not one regret, huh? (laughs) That's how I've been living my whole life. I went to a tattoo artist. I was like, this is how I live. Can you put that on my body? And he did. (laughs) Not even a single letter. Nah, I can't think of one. I love all the letters. It's spelled, instead of like (laughs) regrets, spelled ragrats. No, sir. Five minutes Scotty long. P. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Scotty P. Well, Scotty P. You, you know ask, I know a regret. You, well, you asked about my What's travel. Scott. <laughs> <Still> back. Lock <laughs> it up over there. <laughs> <laughs> you got some lines I haven't been able to use before, so I get a little excited. Yeah, I don't even. We got, we got lost in conversation. You asked me about travel, but I did. I was. Uh, Dude, you're a horrible host. Me? Dude, you are host. garbage. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry. I was in Zan- <laughs> when I was in Zanzibar. You're kicking your brother off the podcast. I'm supporting brother right there. Here's a regret. When I was in Zanzibar, yeah. I had um, some fish soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh you already my know gosh. where this is going. It's some terrible fish curry soup. Mm, good choice. I asked about like life regrets. He's like, I ate this food one time, <laughs> uh, man. Like, find the soundbite that's uh, Will Ferrell. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> I don't have you it have, on here. You what? don't? You have four hundred. So soup was a bad choice. Um, yeah. uh, I that, have that. That gave me a stomach bug for about two months, and I actually called the two doctors sitting at the table asking what to do. For that one. Yeah, we wanted to do stool samples. Oh, God. Yeah, they're asking me to do stool samples. 
out of helmet <laughs> Afghanistan. Yeah, you just, yeah, just, just, just ship it on over. Yeah. We can send it to the lab. Yeah. Aunt Carol's the like, Aunt Carol's like, is there a place where you can do stool samples over there? <laughs> well, I was no. concerned. I'm thinking, it could be some really weird parasite. I mean, want to get the right treatment. You know, you can't just throw antibiotics at it. But yeah, I would love to get a stool sample, but <laughs> I, could, I wasn't even brushing my teeth every day. Let alone <laughs> Prepare to send a stool sample. Here you go. Here I want to um, keep this one. Oh, my God. So that lasted two months from that fish soup, okay? Damn. And then I befriended Did a... Did it taste good? You know, it wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> was it worth it? Can we just do it again? Uh, I befriended a chef in Zanzibar. Shout out Luca Wallman uh, from South Africa. Nice. Uh, he was, so he was telling me, he's like, yeah, man, uh, they will take really bad fish and they'll, over, they'll mask the smell in a soup with, like, curry. So that that's you fell for the oldest trick in the book. Uh-oh. And then nice. we, then we, and then we and then we toured the fish market after eating there in Zanzibar. And I'm walking through the fish market, and there's just flies all <laughs> over this fish that's been sitting <laughs> oh out in the God. sun all day. <laughs> and nice. Then my, and then um. That is dreadful. And then my uh, my tour guide, who's being really funny, he's like, I'm probably gonna give this like an accent that's not even Zanzibar. He's like. Uh, who ate fish today? And I was like, me. He's like, this is the fish you ate. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, oh my goodness. And mm. I paid. I paid the price for that. And then I was also. What else was dumb? I was also in Indonesia on that same trip, and I was uh, drinking uh, water um, mm-hmm. in the jungle um, off of uh, off of like the small creeks because the lo- I saw the yeah. locals doing it. Wow. And yes, I, sometimes I think I'm good man, judgment. Sometimes, well, <laughs> it's like bringing the water. See, that's when you need the straw. I Dude. watch. I watch so much. I watch so much Anthony Bourdain. You know, so yeah. I'm like, oh, Anthony Bourdain does it. <laughs> as soon as it hits your lips, man. <laughs> After that, you're like. And tell a cook this is low grade dog food. All right, this steak still has marks where the jockey was hitting. <laughs> nice, Caddyshack. Oh my. All right, what else you got for me, host? Oh, I said hose. I was like, that's nice. How dare you, host? Yeah. Oh my golly, dude. Oh my golly. Um, well, uh, I was kind of asking some friends if they had any questions for you. And one of them was if you uh, had to do it all over again, would you? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. You ask, you, ask, you just like text, you like send a text out to your friends? Basically, no, a I bunch was... of 14 year olds want your number. Lot... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't take that long to text all our friends. It's just that third grader. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Shout out. No, we don't need to say his name. Um, you know what else you no, can say? No, I was sitting with my friends. I'm like, I only have a good question. You're eating your snack and you're like, Silent Green is people! I don't even catch a word. That is that. that is such an Salient old movie. Silent Green is disgusting. Silent Green, you got to watch that movie. Sorry. Charlton Heston. In the future, they don't have any food, so they eat dead people. Mm. Dude, it's sick. It's, it it's gross, huh? How would you? Sick. Well, I'd do it all over again? Yeah, of course I would. Yeah. I feel like that's a better nope. question for people like Wounded Warrior friends. But yeah. I feel like yeah, I that is that a, yeah, that is a good question for Do you have any invisible friends. wounds? Yeah, being friends with you. What's well, an invisible They're wound? They're really not friends or related. Oh, yeah. Being forced to be friends with you. Yeah. Do you have any wounds? Other like than, uh, mental. No. David has a lot of invisible wounds. Yeah, I do. I'm a very complex individual, dude. You know oh, my know. goodness. <laughs> No, Let's like, keep it serious. Come on. One of my friends with an invisible wound, like he was slammed on the concrete and like messed up. Yeah, yeah, do, you, uh, do you know any friends with like a PSTD or anything? <laughs> PSTD. Like a PTSD. <laughs> Did, didn't you give yeah. Tommy PTSD scare well, him I in gave the him car? a PSTD one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Brophy boy right there, guys. <laughs> Remember that? I, I'm offended by even having that. I'm not like you. We're grown ups. See? No, but Dave, you scared the crap out of Tommy a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay. like a year can ago. I, can I say that? Wait, when did you scare me? Uh, in remember Pine in Top? Pine Top? 
with, with Justin, by the way, can we shout out to Justin oh, yeah. really quickly? Yeah, dude, it's calm right now. No. Yeah, I mean, I love you, Justin. I would love to call you. I don't even know what time it is. In Australia. Shout out Justin, Australian. Justin defense, him, bro. Australian Defense Force. <laughs> the, Queen's, the Queen's finest. I think oh. he's in a prison right now, I think, right? He works he, in he a is, prison. Yeah, he's, he's a prison guard. Damn. Hey, go ahead and I want to hear this Pine Tap story because I don't really remember it that So, much. I, I think. Story. So, it was me, you, and Justin. And we were all working out with, you know, Jason Bourne. You guys are well, doing yoga. Me. With Aunt Mo. I'm just staring uh, off in the distance. Yoga, lifting weights, it's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. yeah. So, Game anyway, works. Justin and I were going to prank Tommy. I'm like, all right, Justin, you go inside, and then I'll just hide, like, behind this car and just wait, like, five minutes, and then I'll just scare Tommy because he's always pranking me. <laughs> so, Tommy's on his phone, and uh, he has the windows down, and uh, and and, and I, I, I'm like, creeping over and i'm trying to keep it together and not laugh because i'm really good at composing myself david loves pulling pranks but he gets like 30 seconds in and starts dying laughing and yeah. everyone's like yeah so so i i crept up below the, below like the the driver's side window and i jumped up like boom and then tom was like holy shit and, like jumped up and like hit his head on the, top, on the roof of the car and then jumped out and tried to strangle me <laughs> it's like dude don't ever do that again i'll kill you i'm like oh man welcome back buddy <laughs> Do you remember that now, Tommy? Uh, that jog your memory a little bit? I just remember the anger. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes you angry? <laughs> what feels your anger? The color yellow sometimes. <laughs> um, well, do you remember the prank you pulled on David? I don't know. You, you were really young and you hid in his room. I was so dedicated to that prank. I hid in David's room for, for like, probably like two hours. Yeah. Probably no, about an hour, hour and a half maybe behind, dude, behind thank, a house Thank plant. God he made something of himself going to the like, Marines, dude. You would have been like Danny Duncan, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of pranks, we have to put the – you pranked your mom when you got back here early. Yeah, did, yeah. Oh, yeah. What'd you we'll do? have to put that on your – Yes, uh, for sure. The video of you surprising your mom. Yeah, so yeah. Tommy came – well, Tommy, awesome. Tommy came back um, – like, well, no one really knew when you were going to come back, Tommy. And I remember we were actually putting up the tar, right? Uh, my dad's tar from New Zealand. HR. Your Still mom's actually. It, oh, my mom's tar. Yeah, she's better hunter than your dad. Um, thanks, Jen. Oh, of course. Dude. Shout out to me. Um, Just a dig to your dad. Not really a shout out to me. But. Oh, my gosh. Okay, but anyway, so we're – actually, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just watching this whole thing happen. Stop. And I looked down, and David was supposed to get a haircut, and – so I hear him walking up the stairs. I'm like, oh. And I look down. And I was like, hey, ho. Because, you know, I call my brother's hoes. And hole. And um, I look down. I'm like, man, he got a haircut like Tommy. And then I was like, oh, shit. It is Tommy. And so Tommy. Actually, you said you got a Tommy haircut. And I'm going to pause you right there. What is a Tommy haircut? Is a like haircut that looks like yours. The greasiest haircut you can get. <laughs> like, like, oh, such a greaseball haircut. Yeah, he's, he's going to the barber and be like, you know what? I just want to look like an absolute schmuck. And then you <laughs> just give him Tommy's haircut. No, I don't know. Well, look at David's hair right now. It's sticking like 60 different directions. It's called hat hair, Jen. Okay. Next okay. question, Well, Tommy please. had a hat on too, and his hair looks fine. So, yeah, walking up the stairs, yeah, uh, he's got a Tommy all haircut. This. And then I just fucking... Hey, hey, no hey. cussing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't get it. I didn't say I didn't cuss. Yes, you did. did. You said the F word. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for you get this. Hey, watch your language. <laughs> Man, just... Yeah, I didn't even hear I didn't that. even hear it. <laughs> wow, that just shows bucks. how much you guys cuss. You can't even hear it. Yeah. Um, You're immune. <laughs> yeah, so I, I whip around and then 
And then Jen sees me. I'm like, she screams, and I'm like, yeah, "What like, is going on?" Yeah, well, she, she was hanging. She, you were hanging a dead animal somewhere in your house. Yep. And then, yeah, and then, and then she starts that taxidermy animal. Thank you very little. Yeah, taxidermy animal. She jumps and she jumps down. I was like, "Oh, that's a big jump." Yeah, but yeah, Jen was really. Well, it was probably out. Like just like a foot, Good. and for me, it's like, "Whoa!" Coming at me like a spider monkey. <laughs> Jim. Yeah, Jen was really helping out. I mean, like we wouldn't I be able to hang of, that out without no, you. I mean, well, like, you were Jen, gone. You helped out so much. Like, thank you. You weren't even there when I was helping. Jen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I do what How I can. How do you do it, Jen? How does she do it? I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Well, then, so then you did well, what to your mom. Get to the point. You people are painful. I was about to, and you cut me off. But yeah, and then <clears throat> we were having dinner with Tommy's parents that night and my grandma. And so we're like, all right, how can we surprise them? Well, he, he actually surprised his dad, my Uncle Pat. Uh, he just kind of walked in, and Uncle yeah. Pat was standing there and surprised them. Um, so we were trying to think of like an elaborate plan and Tom was like, can I just like walk out and like, s- just like see her. So, um, Aunt Rita walked in and I was like, had my camera right, like my phone right in front. And I was like videotaping her and she got all mad at me. But so Tommy walked out from behind her and started hugging her, but she didn't realize like, yeah. what was happening. Yeah, she thought it was me or something. Yeah, she yeah, thought it was, she one, thought it was one, one of my brothers. And so I'm like, I have my phone up right in front of her. I'm like, so why are you videotaping this? She's, like, why are you videotaping me? She's like, it's all indignant. I'm like, well, why don't you turn around and see who's hugging you? And she turns around and she sees it's Tommy and she just screams and like starts crying. It was awesome. It was awesome. Like, keep it together, woman. And Tommy's like, oh, gnarly. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was pretty it's a awesome. Quote. For you coming home. Yeah. No, what a relief for a mom to see her son home safe yeah, she was and sound after five years in the military, yeah. a year in, Afghanistan. in Afghanistan. Yeah, but that's ser- awesome. Yeah, but it's a really cool video. You guys should check it out in the link below. It's not gonna be a link. I'll post it on my Instagram. Go ahead and smash that like button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, smash and subscribe, subscribe, people. Subscribe. <laughs> um, well, while you guys are on that. Oh my gosh. Swipe right. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Mama, what is wrong with you no, what, uh, she's been turning into dad the past couple months are you, you going have you, been on t- have you been on tinder <laughs> <laughs> dad you have something to worry about there dave has been on grinder yeah. hey what can i say busted <laughs> gotta get on that grind you know what i'm saying I hate this family. <laughs> <laughs> sorry jen but you know what, what about that dimwit brother of yours you a little slow or something a hundred percent timmy is killing me David. there's a reason why he's not invited to these things you know he's working out or trying hey, to work hey, out hey, take it he easy. has an injured elbow he can't do crap he can't even throw a ball he plays football anyway <laughs> don't let me just speed it up um yeah well i mean that was kind of do you have any kind of any advice for someone maybe who wants to go in the military um kind of like maybe you like advice to your past self as a child anyone who wants to go in the military or so marines you said no Nope. Okay. <laughs> and that was it. Do you have any advice for anybody that wants to join the military? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the same. I hear voices. <laughs> I am the voice. Hurt yourself. Hurt others. Uh, don't be a baby. That's it. Nice. Yeah, very profound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, All right. Own it. And on own that it. note, <laughs> thank yeah, you for listening. Tommy Lusk, don't be a baby. <laughs> be, be professional. Don't be a baby. Um, I don't know, be perfect. Be good at your job. Take take pride in everything you do. You know. Yeah, that's nobody, great. Nobody nobody wants a liability. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to babysit you. Um, and uh, please only join if you actually want to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know. That's that's good. That's probably what I'd say. Culture, equity, class. Thomas F. 
equity, equity, equity culture and class. Nice. That's great advice. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, yes, thank you for coming on here and kind of sharing your journey through the Marines. And thank you, my family, well, my immediate family, for <clears throat> coming on and with talking to Tom with me. Um, and also thank thanks, you thanks to you guys, of course. And thank you to you guys for listening. Um, and if you, like, please leave a review. Um, and you can always contact me on my Instagram if you want to let me, uh, like, if you like this podcast, if you want to hear anything. Feel free to DM her. Yeah. Okay, Dave. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And please leave a review and kind of spread the word about my podcast. It really helps if you leave a review and a rating. And also, um, on my, I'm on my Instagram a lot. So if you want to let me know anything you want to hear, anything you like about this podcast, please let me know. Um, and Give I, a constructive criticism, like yeah. not having me on here. Yeah, that's hard. Too many sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> sound bites suck. Yeah. Um, Get out of here. No, and, well, thank you. Tommy, thank you for your service. Hey, thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely, Tommy. Thank you for your service. Yeah, Cheers. Thank you guys so much. Tommy. And, uh, Cheers, Tommy. If, you guys Cheers, Tommy. S- if anyone wants to sponsor me, Thank you for me, your service. I'm willing to have a sponsor. <laughs> I'm right now, I'm sponsored by Bandit, and he's not doing very much because yeah, he's a dog. Today's episode is sponsored by the dog Bandit. Bandit, thanks for all you he's do. He's been whining Smoky this whole and thing. the Bandit. So, so far, he's given me nothing. So, <laughs> we're really you, thriving like over here. In the corner. Just McLovin, Jen. Just McLovin. What? What? Bandit's been giving you some loving. McLovin? McLovin. Yeah, McLovin. Edit that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh Mom, it was just, it was almost good. We yeah. almost didn't regret having you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway. Do that. Anyway, thank you guys for coming on here and thank you to you guys for listening. Because, um, you know, life is short and so am I. I'm trying to make the most out of every day and I hope that you guys do too. I hope you all have a great journey and you make it an epic one.